Hey everybody, it's me, Brian. Uh, we have been beset by technical difficulties for since we've been back from uh, Christmas. We recorded last week and the show didn't post, or it didn't work. Uh, I got home, I was wanting to give you this message, and I bought an, I had to, my mic was broke, I bought a new mic, and that mic isn't working, uh, so I'm recording this on my phone, and, uh, letting you know that we had a last minute cancellation on Teen Fight, and, uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna post the episode of Shocktober that me and Felix just recorded, the audio is rough, because we were having recording problems on that day too, but I think you'll still enjoy it, and uh, hey, please, thank you for being patrons, you, it means everything. Murder Brian presents Shocktober. Hillary Clinton is here, former senator, former first lady, former secretary of state, Look at you. Wow. I can't even what? believe it. Do you think Biden could win? Well, the polls say he can. Right. Yeah. So do you yeah. think he could get the nomination, or is the party going too left and they're looking for a Bernie Sanders? Or Anytime you do something based on skin color, I don't care if it's for whitey. To me, it's racism. I, I just can't believe it, but that's Evanston. Nuts. You know what you can find? Which is what I'm sitting on. And we are back after a few months. We couldn't stay away. It's me, Murder Brian. Hi, Felix. How are you? Um. Well, you know, <laughs> what a fucking day of news. But honestly, um, it makes me feel good to be back in the October seat. I, I think that, like, I don't know. You can get. Uh, I should give some context. In the day we were recording this, uh, Iran retaliated against the United States and hit a uh, American base in Al Assad. Iraq, and we don't know what's going to happen, but it makes me feel good to be back in doing Jocktober, because even if you feel powerless for the rest of the world, we can give you this, and you can enjoy it, and that makes us feel good. It does, it does. It was, you know what was funny is, like, I don't know if you felt this way, but somewhere in the middle of December, I was like, I can't wait a year to talk about shock jocks. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> So I, I sent Felix a message and I said, let's do these throughout the year every once in no a while. Stopping us. Yeah. No, no, yeah, it doesn't have just because it ends in October. Does just because it's October doesn't mean we can't do it in January or February. We're going to do them every once in a while just to I, really it gives me an excuse to listen to this stuff. And it is like, incredibly fun to listen to. It's and, not like anything else that exists now. Like. No, and it keeps me like, like I would have hated to have like taken six months off and then had to catch up with that six months in like no, yeah. August, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, no, you would have had the biggest, but we would have done like four hour episodes, which I guess like not everyone would be against, but it's not our style. We, yeah. we, we, we went long as fuck on this though. I think like we went longer than we do on both our respected main pod, respective main podcasts. Yeah, uh, but you got, dude, you got to for this. It's, I know there's just so much. Special. Yeah, there's too much, you know. Uh, and here's the deal. Uh, while we were gone, we decided on our five shows for next year. 
And those shows are Howard Stern 2, Opie and Anthony 2, Man Cow 2, because not that Man Cow has a ton of content. We just <laughs> can't stop He's talking the about him. He's the fucking funniest. I don't even want to like get into some of the Man Cow stuff that you've showed me over the past few months because I don't want to spoil it. Like they, he's always going to top himself, but he is probably the most insane fucking liar ever in radio. <laughs> I have, I have some treats during this one for sure. I have some man cow stuff here, but uh, the next, and then we were going to do love line because that came up a lot. That's so important. Yeah. And then, I was like, well, you know, we got to do the guy that calls himself the first shock jock, Don Imus. And what happens? And he, he, he dies. He <laughs> up and dies on us. <laughs> so uh, what was your familiarity with Imus? I, I, I guess like mine was the first time I heard of him was private parts. When I watched yeah, or yeah. read the book and then also, um, MSNBC in the mornings when I was getting ready to go w climb poles all day, Imus was on and I just turned it on and watched it like as like a Pavlovian thing. I, I, I don't know what it was that kept me coming back, but it was there's just something about his show that is like hypnotic, you know, I um well, I never I never felt it like. So, yeah, my my first interaction with Imus was. Also reading Private Parts uh, when I was about 10 or 11, I believe. And I didn't understand what type of content he delivered because I understood Howard Stern. I understood Loveline. I understood, like, there was this other radio show, late night radio show in Chicago that I brought up on one of the Shocktobers, uh, Nick DiGiulio. I understand what he was. I understood, like, the different types of, like, content. And I understood that there was, like, NPR and, like, other types of radio, right? Like, I, I felt like I had a pretty good economy of it worked out. Now, I, I knew what Rush Limbaugh was. It was like, oh, that's what you listen to if you're, like, a fucking dick. Like, I hated <laughs> I hated Rush Limbaugh. I was, like, a little lib. Um, but I miss, like, when, even when Howard Stern would describe him, I didn't know what the fuck kind of show he did. Because he's, he wasn't funny. He wasn't shocking. His politics were, like, this weird type of centrism that I didn't quite get. And... He just seemed like confused and like and like annoyed annoyed to be on the radio. But he was like big enough that Howard Stern, this guy that I love, had multiple things in his book about him. And then the next time I saw him, MSNBC during the nappy headed hose controversy, uh, which we'll get into later, I'm sure. But I was like, wait, this guy? This guy is on MSNBC. <laughs> this guy is simulcast. This fucking guy. And even then, even as a wiser, uh, uh, you know, consume more media, uh, boy of 15, 16, I was like, who the fuck is this for? <laughs> and today I sit before you with pretty much the same question. Who was this man for? Because See, he was good at nothing. <laughs> See, I I think about it. I think about I was thinking about it. And I, I listened to Stern's obituary on him, and I listened to a few other things uh, of just Don Imus, sort of a uh, um, just who he was as a, as like a, a guy, and uh, 
his politics are almost impossible to decipher. I, I think centrist is probably the best description of him because yeah. he, he, the two guys he seemed to respect the most from, from what I was hearing was John Kerry and John McCain, which is like, Veteran. I can't, yeah. And I can't even imagine being inspired by either one of those guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I guess that's what he is. A highly racist centrist. Right. He did who vote. Loves, who loves, like, he's like, who who's like into the safest shit. He's like, Oh, my two main issues are veterans and sick kids. Like, cool, man. Yeah, well, I mean, that is an interesting thing. And and that is a good place to start with him is is that he did give a lot to charity. Uh, but he never stopped telling you that he was giving a lot to charity. And one of the and, things... Yeah, and let's be clear, a lot of it was his foundation. Yes. Howard went into it. <laughs> And one of his, you know, one of the interesting things is like that was the nappy headed hose thing. When I went back and listened to his stuff from that period of time, I mean, he every few minutes brought up, I, uh, I, I, uh, I, I have kids come to my house with cancer, and uh, over fifty percent of them are black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was just clearly like running a tally of how like he was the type of guy who said blacks. He did. Oh, I ha believe me. Up. We will have yeah. audio of him saying something about black people. <laughs> but he Call just was referring to them as blacks. He did. Was, that's the best way I can describe Imus. The guy who says blacks. I think that like what you're gonna hear is gonna surprise you a little bit more than uh. I, I think the things you're going to hear from him tonight are going to surprise you more than you think, you know, like, I think that you might oh, have will. an idea of his, his like noxious politics and his, his, the stuff that he did, but I have audio of him doing some vile, I mean, saying some stuff that like, I was totally shocked that he was saying on the radio. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, because no one like that's I've like I've maybe heard a few of these. Like I've heard a few like I just comes from like, whoa, what the fuck? And I guess I have to take that as proof. It's like the man cow lying stuff, right? Where it's like what no one ever called him on this. Like even the people he was at war with never called him on this. It's like oh, no one was actively listening to this man, right? Well, I guess I must have had some diehards, but like fuck. Like, well, the argument. I don't believe the interesting yeah. thing about him is like, so we don't talk about this much on Shark Tub. We do talk about ratings a decent amount. We talk about like what these guys said their ratings were, but we don't delve into the demos because that shit is like way in the weeds. But with iMachine, yeah. you have to look at the demos. And uh, Howard Stern made a point a bunch of times when he was warring with him to say like, I used to say that I was number one and he was number two, but all of his listeners were smart and rich. Now that's, <laughs> I swear to you. And, but that, <laughs> but he said his listener, he was at Howard was number one and I was number 23. 
and had somehow convinced people that his listeners were smarter and richer. And when you listen to his old shows, his advertisers are like Merrill Lynch and Mercedes and BMW. Oh. So like that was how he pulled it off. It was, I have politicians on my show. My show's a lot more intelligent than Howard Stern and I'm safe to advertise with. When in fact, the guy wasn't safe at all. To, Howard Stern was safer to advertise with than Don Hymas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you can say about like Howard Stern maybe being like racially, like racially like not great. Because like at the time I could like, you know, we had such a like, not we, but just like there was just such a different standard for like what was okay to say. Whatever you could say, whatever you can go back and say, like didn't age well or whatever. I miss it's just like I know this wasn't acceptable then. Like no. he's just like he just like fucking like straight out white supremacist shit. Just insanity. Insanity. Right. Right. And, and the nappy headed hose thing, almost him, that being the thing that took him down, almost did a disservice to his legacy of like worse stuff. You know, like Absolutely. he was, he was saying things, I mean, like really anti-Semitic stuff. Like he had, uh, one of the things that they had played uh, a lot was, uh, Howard Kurtz being interviewed by, uh, Somebody on CNN, Paula Zahn on CNN. And um, she says, you know, this isn't the first time Imus has transgressed. And he even called you a boner-nosed Jew bastard. And it was like, holy fucking <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, my God. And when I heard that, I was just like, he said that on the motherfucking radio. He just, he... He he clearly had a problem with Jews, and and we'll play some audio of him, yeah, sort of talking about that stuff. But I think that the thing you got to do first when you're talking about one of these guys is play them um, at the beginning. And Imus yes. Imus early in his career was kind of doing a morning zoo a little bit. He was playing radio, and then he had produced bits. And he would like, oh, time to go to some Charles McCord, baby, like that. And he would like oh, quack, quack God. at the end of his stuff. And it was that stuff. Uh, right now, I'm going to play his most famous thing in the, in the pre-political years. And you're going to hate it. Here we go. Oh, I know. Ladies and gentlemen, after a one-day respite, the most awesome, fear-infusing episode is at this very moment unfolding in Stamford, Connecticut. The terrible creature which has kept our entire region in horror's grip for days and days, 300-block-long, 90-mighty-stories-tall Moby Worm, is in the process of devouring Stamford's West Hill High School. We have dispatched our emergency worm observation corps to the scene and turn it over now to correspondent Frank Reed. Frank, Frank, can you see the worm? Couldn't miss him, Imus. The globe beast is diving in from an altitude of about 30,000 feet. Unbelievable. Just I hate this. <laughs> This is like, this would have been hack radio in like 1932. <laughs> I was going like, to like, I was going to give you hell and say this is from 1980, but. <laughs> this, I, no, yes. no, I thought it would be like at least like 1972. 
Like, no, I fucking refuse. I, I refuse to leave that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> like, does it make you look like, down? Does it make you look down on people from 1980? Well, not. I mean, yeah, a little bit. I do think <laughs> they probably had like uh, lesser capacity than the modern people. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe that the further you go back, the less capacity. I just think, like, I don't know. Maybe the 70s were so traumatic. Like the onset of neoliberalism was just so like we we just like couldn't really take it uh and it made people hear stuff like that this and be like oh this is like really good well it, that's what i think I, I i i'm gonna finish this because i i want to compare it to so, the uh, i sort of want to compare this to the diarrhea call and yes yes there is not really a joke here right like there i, I mean i'm I, we got like uh, a minute left here let's let's uh let it roll Unbelievable! Now he's zeroed in on the full plate of West Coast principal, Mr. Toshis, who I can see bravely standing there in front of his school, screaming epithets at the descending worm. Hey! That was a sonic boom, Imus! The worm has just broken the sound barrier in this crazed headlong plunge. My... So... <laughs> The guy that's doing the acting is, it feels like he was handed a list that said like sound by sound barrier yeah. principle. <laughs> like that's yeah, it, very hastily constructed. <laughs> yeah. Very like, that's the way I would have to describe it. Just like there was not a lot of care put into creating this. I also feel like, like, so at this time he's playing music all the time. And uh, it feels like he would have a ton of time to do this. That's the thing. I think that gets me about most shock jocks is like you had time. You could, this didn't have to, this didn't have a deadline. You could have made this good, you know? Yeah. Well, I think I've been thinking about that because, yeah, I've heard a lot of shoddy quality <laughs> from yeah. our guys, right? Yeah. Um, so... My opinion is that a lot of the shock jocks like excess time that we, you know, you and I would think like would go into putting more effort into production or planning out these bits to be anything but like, oh, I have to poop or like, what if there is like a big worm loose in town? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think um, a lot of the shock jocks time and energy and mental focus, I think what it goes into actually is like weird radio politics. I think that's what they spend most of their time doing, honestly. I kind of believe that. Like, I, I kind of yeah, right? feel like they're like, because Howard, uh, in the time I've been, since we've done Shocktober, I've listened to a decent amount of Howard Stern. And, like, he just talks about, like, things that go on in the hallway at Sirius. Yeah. And, and like, meetings he has to have with, with like, higher-ups and program directors and stuff and uh it does seem like maybe they take those long commercial breaks they take those long vacations and then they just do business the whole time <laughs> yeah because they are like okay so like what do we know about our radio guys they're completely like they're obsessive drama queen like they say like oh i don't want to i don't care about this bullshit i just like doing radio man like <laughs> but it's like no, you love the bullshit. Like that, that's because like if they didn't like it, they wouldn't have gotten to where they were, which is like a very high place in the business. A very, very high place. Like even Bob the Love Sponge outperformed 
like 99.9% of people who ever fucking do radio. So like they do actually kind of relish it and they relish in like the, the court intrigue and the drama of it. Um, but I do, I would wager to say that is where most of their energy goes to. Well, they spend so it much time. They do spend a lot of time looking at what that, what the other guys are doing. And yeah. like they, I, I mean, there's, I don't think there's any other industry in this world where people demand credit for inventing things as much as like these guys, like all of these guys spend so much time. Howard and Imus are uh, like, were at war for many years about who invented shock jock, you know, (laughs) (laughs) here's a little more Moby worm. God, Mr. Toshis has just been joined by his assistant, Mr. Barney, and now both men are screaming epithets at the creature. An astonishing act of raw courage, as of course, both men are within seconds of certain doom. Why were they screaming epithets at the uh, creature? (laughs) This is is an Imus production. Now, if I knew I was going to die, I'd name the people that are ruining this city. <laughs> I, if I if I was uh, facing down a worm of some set, some type, I'd uh, talk about maybe some fellows from certain persuasion that are always causing trouble in every country they go in. I've well, noticed they've been kicked out of every country they've ever been in. It's like what, Don? He, he put this on an album too, by the way. This is oh yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like why do we have access to like this or like the man cat things? Because like the dope that made this was like this is good and i don't know whether it's like they just had a corny sensibility or contempt for their audience i do believe it's like a little bit of both probably right Mm -hmm. it's their corn balls for sure but this is like i think i'm terrible i think i miss was really at the time he was trying to do a war of the worlds sort of thing but in 1980 that kind of thing doesn't work and this comes off as like no news report is just a guy like narrating everything that's happening right in front of him you know i've yeah, never that's, that's like the hindenburg broadcast is like that yeah but it's like really the only one yeah so uh we're, we're almost out of moby worm and then i got his other oh, big no. character yeah there's more it's great That's what you would say if you're gonna be, if you were like going to die. Oh Lord, Frank. Come. Frank. Here comes that boy. Correspondent Reed. Hi, Mr. Correspondent Reed. Oh Lord. Oh God. Oh, that sucked. <laughs> that was brutal, Brian. That was fucking like. The man cow bits are decisively better than this, even though they have like lower production values. Like there is like, I, I don't know. There, there's like a certain, there's something I can't put my finger on about the man cow broadcast that make it better than this. This is just like, I think it's like the fact that they have coherent sentences in them. Yeah. This does yeah. not even have that. This is, this is dog. This it is was, dog shit. It was good at the end where we got a little bit of that turd hurt like because yeah, yeah, yeah. at the end he was like because <laughs> at the yeah. end he was like are you there are you there like he was asking if the guy was alive 
Yeah, he was like acting. He was trying his hand at acting. I think that's like there was more like human even though this is like about an apocalyptic almost like if you really want to take it be literalist with it, this is like a book of revelation style event. And they're reporting on it like it's like the town parade. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Dog shit. So dog shit. Like man cow man cow, you can tell like he was like you definitely can tell, like he sat down in the studio before they did that bit and was like how would I respond if my friend was dying because he crashed a car directly into a empty factory? Yes. <laughs> well, it does feel like Mad Cow was like, there's a germ of a joke in a lot of what Mad Cow yeah. does. Whether that joke is good or uh, um, whether that joke is good or not racist or <laughs> something like that. It's like with this Moby, yeah. with this Moby Worm thing, uh, you know, we did this with the diarrhea call. The diarrhea call was basically like, I have diarrhea. And uh, Moby Worm was basically like, what if a big worm attacked Stamford, Connecticut? And I'm like, in the end, I'm going with diarrhea 100% of the time on that one. Oh, no, it's no fucking contest. Like, <laughs> it, it, Moby Worm feels like, it feels like one of those things where they're like, oh, uh, read this article. Guess what? It was written by an AI. Yes. Like this is like the radio bit equivalent to it where it's like there's enough I recognize that it's like yeah I guess this could be a radio bit but it's like it is so much like a machine did it because there's no identifiable like humor or purpose or anything it's just showing that it can mash words together in a semi-coherent manner. Yeah it's like oh can't you I mean I, again wouldn't it be crazy if a worm was as tall as a building and he ate a <laughs> high school yeah i and a that's an eight-year-old level of humor right that is like a story you would write in fourth grade it's (laughs) that's yeah that's another thing i was gonna say like i was like this seems like children's programming he is the smartest and richest (laughs) listeners felix now yeah yeah. just all they're all richy rich they're all just like incredibly wealthy eight-year-olds so so his other big character was Reverend Billy Saul Hargis. And uh, as you can imagine, it sucks. Here's a little bit of uh, (laughs) Billy Saul. Here we go. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. How fucking long is the intro to this bit? 30 seconds in. Here we go. Say hallelujah. It's the right Reverend Dr. Billy Saul Huggers here on behalf of the First Church of the Good Earth and Discount House of Worship. Coming to you from Holy Land, USA, right here in Del Rio, Texas, for the salvation of your souls. Say hallelujah. Friends often ask Billy Saul, Billy, is long hair a sin? Say hallelujah. Need Billy Saul remind you that he had long hair. That's right. He had long hair. Say hallelujah. I hate this. This sucks. (laughs) This is is like, I'm going to start with the voice. Is it like the joke that he's gay or is this just like, 
she's just doing a weird voice. I don't know. Texas creature. Like, this has no recognizable familiarity with like any of the televangelists. This is nothing like how any of them were. He was literally alive during this. <laughs> it, it could not seem any more foreign to him. I know. I know. I, I totally, it, when I like, uh, when, when I heard this, I was like, again, what's the joke? Uh, he had long hair. Let's see if there's a punchline to the long hair part or if it was just that. Are you now saying to yourself, well, Billy Saul, he had long hair, I guess it's good enough for me. But one thing, Billy Saul, it's so messy. I mean, who has time to keep it neat all day long? Say hallelujah. Friends, did you ever see a picture of him where his hair was not neatly combed? No, friends, you have not. Now, you know he did not have time to run around with a comb and brush set. Why does he sound like he's from Philly? Now, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a fucking like, gay guy who's religious, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like fucking yeah, my shit like gay, bro. <laughs> it's, just, yeah, it's just like this is like the this is like the holy grail. This is how Nick decided to do the Ian Five Ants bit. <laughs> so how did he keep it looking bit. like it does in all the pictures you've seen? Well, friends, he used what you for a limited time only can order and use ah. in your very own home. Try control by Hebrew Chalice. That's right, friends. Dry control by Hebrew Talus. He's from Philly. This is a guy from <laughs> Texas that's from Philly, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that has to be what's going on. Otherwise, there is like no earthly explanation for why he's doing this voice. It's it sucks to again, not really a joke. Uh the joke is like televangelists sell things and that seems like it you know yeah i think that is i think that's the beginning middle and end of the bit yeah but he's a genius but, felix this guy's a fucking genius he was a yeah radio fucking genius so uh master master of the crowd right a master he was so fucking masterful at doing I miss in the morning. So the next thing I'm going to do is um, there were several obituaries for uh, Don Imus that came out and uh, each one more psycho than the next. And uh, the first one I want to play for you is quite possibly the most psycho thing I've ever, <laughs> oh, no. one of the oh, craziest no. things <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, this is uh, Greg Opie Hughes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> giving his uh, uh, his salute to Don Imus. Felix, this thing is fucking bonkers. I'm just going to tell you right oh, now. No. First of all, I want to set the scene for you. Uh, he is on his phone, standing on the beach uh, with the phone pointed out towards the sunset he does a beach. lot of videos like that he does there it's like that's like the opie video right he's like yeah he's not i don't know long island guy what can you say yeah and, well and, and it's funny well he doesn't have to go to work anymore either so he's just basically yeah. like living 
uh, on the beach now, you know? And uh, there is a part in this video that we won't hear where a guy drives by in a truck and he's like, oh, that's Jim. I like to go fishing with him. And I'm like, golly, you suck. <laughs> so let's let's get a feel for where Opie was at. What set a, I also want to tell you the amount of views for this because I think it's kind of depressing. I Oh no, yeah, because like Opie, I've noticed that I like uh, every every couple of couple of weeks. I like to check up on Opie's Twitter. I shall not follow it. I shan't be following. Uh, but it's like the metrics are horribly depressing. It really and is. Yeah, yeah, they're not depressing because it's like they're depressing because I know that Opie cares a lot about them. True, he That's cares. That's why they depress me. He cares about them. And secondly, they should be, I mean, this video has 34,879 views, more views than any video I've ever done. But I, I'll just say this for a guy that had the platform that he had to only be able to pull, he should be getting at least 150,000, I would think views Absolutely. on his videos that's and that's conservative i'm actually curious i should check and see what anthony's getting because i'm sure he's getting more oh no absolutely because as i said nobody cares about opie except for me and you who yeah. only care about him because i think he's at first i think when we did the opie and anthony episode me and you talked about how we think he's the only one that came out semi-normal. And now I'm starting to feel the other way about Opie. And I think I he's, know, he's normal compared to Anthony, but he's like an incredibly fucking strange guy. Like, <laughs> I, I, I do want to add it a death. I've been thinking about like the Opie tweets I see that get like three faves. Yeah. And I think there, there has to be like a small, but like loyal, like Opie Fedayeen of like weird, like Long Island guys. Long Island, Long Island is like another fucking planet to me. I mean, it's not even like like upstate. I can figure out when I'm in anywhere upstate or western New York. I'm like, oh, this is like literally just the Midwest, but like a little di bit different with this or that. But Long Island is like, it feels like a parallel reality where like George, Watt, like if anytime I've like been there or like talked to anyone from there, they're just so fucking weird. It's like, oh, are you from like a parallel America that occurred? <laughs> Where like George Washington died during the Revolutionary War or something, they just do so many little things off. Like I feel like I have more in common with like someone who lives in Tajikistan than a Long Island. <laughs> well, I I think like it is odd to me. I I mean I I like that I like that you think that there are some people paying it, and I do think there are a few people kind of. I think that his podcast was probably 20,000 subscribers but i'm being generous with that because yeah he is sort of he is not the guy that anybody's looking for i i think no. there there might be a large a large group of, of a, actually a small group of opie and anthony fans who like me or you got turned off by anthony's racism and still wanted opie and anthony but uh, sided with Opie and went to his side. I just can't figure out who is looking for the uh, introspective, uh, trying to make amends Opie, Greg Opie Hughes. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that like a lot of a lot of them are like completionists, like Opie and Anthony completionists. Like people, 
Like, I bet a lot of the people who listen to that, like, they listen to every episode of Jim and Sam. Uh, well, you know, uh, I've got some depressing news for you, Felix. <laughs> but I know what? somebody else that listens to every episode of Jim and Sam now. <laughs> oh, no. Is it you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ow! How do you do that, Brian? I walk it's, all day. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. But it's like I would rather listen to Old Love Line. <laughs> it's not a good program. It's not terrible. It's yeah. It's passable, I guess. It's pa- passable is a really good way to describe it. <laughs> all right. Here, here's Opie's. Uh, uh, Remembrance of Don Imus. All right. Rest in peace to Don Imus. It's a real bummer. He was a good. uh, He was a good dude, man. Uh, I never saw any of that racist shit. I saw like a a kind, gentle soul that, uh, when he could, he uh, he helped others. You know, he knew how to be. Opie just said he never saw any of that racist shit. <laughs> when he, he literally never listened to Imus do anything ever. <laughs> I've seen the racist shit and I don't even know the guy personally. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it would be like, you would have to literally, like, I, I, they have to invent like a new unit of measurement for Imus. Like, how long can you listen to his show before you hear something racist? <laughs> for Imus, it's like 30 seconds. I think, uh, so, uh, and I'm not going to do this on here because it, it was just, it's depressed. I, I'm going to tell you the truth, it's very depressing. So I listened to both Opie and Anthony and Howard Stern's handling of the nappy-headed hose thing. And, uh... Opie and Anthony like didn't tell a joke for the, the video is 12 hours and there isn't a joke. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a single joke. In, they are yelling about uh, why can black people say it, but we can't. And uh, Opie is like really tied up on like, why aren't black hosts coming out in defense of Don Imus? The next thing you know, they're going to take their freedom of speech away. And it was just, it was so fucking odd. You know, they were really preaching. And, you know, I was listening at the time. And uh, if you had asked me back then, first of all, I'd have been on Don Ibis' side for 100% sure because I was a fucking <laughs> idiot. But, uh, but I would have thought Howard would be the shitty one in this case. Howard was fucking vicious and hilarious. During this thing, he would him and Opie and Anthony were essentially playing the same clips, but Howard was doing jokes and like using his voice as a soundboard to make prank calls and like uh, uh, putting uh, making fun of the way he says his wife's name a lot. Deirder, (laughs) Deirder. And but Opie and Anthony were giving like speech. It, It sounded like David Duke. They were like the beginning. Of, that was the beginning of the end for Opie and Anthony because it was like that was like it, it was the writing on the wall. Because like any other time there was like something that was like a contentious social issue, there would be like uh, a little bit of like just insufferably idiotic like uh, social commentary from two like men with or three men with, uh, I guess you would have to say, like, very incomplete bases of knowledge. <laughs> and but then, like, quickly, like, Anthony or Jim would 
get it off into a funny tangent, even if it wasn't like, you know, from the best place, you at least hear something funny. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to like the, I miss thing was, I remember this, I was listening to, and it was like, I remember it was the first time in my time listening to Opie and Anthony that I like, I didn't complete a show. I was a completionist. And I was like, this sucks. Well, this it's interesting. Absolutely blows. I, at, you being an Opie and Anthony fan for a period, you're going to, I think a part of it that was good to listen to and fun to hear was every time they came back from commercial break, Opie would say, people are telling us to tell some jokes. Well, it's serious right now. And if you don't like it, go screw. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. It's it's the most open Anthony thing because it's like there's nothing real in the world except the radio business. That's the only <laughs> serious thing. Well, and like, then, if you this is this is the same. We are doing this. We are doing this for you. We're right. doing this to. I guess for their listeners, it is important. It's like we're doing this for the sanctity of you being racist at your job. But I guess like <laughs> I guess like if you can make jokes about the Lacey Peterson situation then you could probably make jokes about the don imus situation right exactly <laughs> like they did multiple parody songs about Lacey peterson and they're like this is the most serious thing that's ever happened <laughs> they were it's, this is the most important story in the last 10 years this is during the iraq war i want to point out <laughs> 2007 it is 2000 yeah. fucking seven it's so fucking stupid we're in primary year here here's a little more of opie be an asshole don't get me wrong but uh you know that's that's what made his uh show so damn good um and he raised 40 million dollars for charity all this right it's not really much okay man just want to focus on the all the right nappy headed hose bullshit and the media i love that they take no responsibility when, when a show does something really outrageous that really upsets people like in this case it was the rutgers women's basketball team and i understand why they would be upset their family and friends but it's a tough position to be in when you're on the radio and you're trying to make people laugh and entertain them and sometimes you're going to fall short even though i don't think he fell short i feel like he was going for a joke the jokes. What? It was really funny. You're right, man. When he just like saw those saw those women, and was like, "Hey, what the fuck? They're like black." <laughs> that was your right, dude. He hit a home run with that one. You're he right, did. Okay. They really wouldn't admit that the joke didn't land. That that was sort of one of the the frustrating parts of listening to that that twelve hour. I didn't listen to the whole thing because it was just too much. But it really was frustrating that they were like kind of mad in a way because people didn't like the joke you know they, they like, oh, yeah. here's the thing at the time i do remember hearing anthony making he, he made this really dumb uh he made this really dumb analogy where he said if every that time <laughs> if every time you say something that somebody doesn't like they can punch you in the face that's not free speech and I thought that was like <laughs> what? That's what I. So uh, he thinks that the criticism of Don Imus was exactly like a punch in the face, which I would disagree with. In in that it's there, it's people using free speech. He didn't even like get fired from his radio show. 
Well, hey, he did get suspended for two weeks that started a week after he got suspended. They gave him like seven days to get his shit in order, and then he got suspended. Then he got fired, but he got his show right back. He and yeah, and, he, yeah. and the numbers that they were talking about that he made a year, and, and like even Howard said this, he was making like $10 million a year, which... I don't yeah. even know how you're making money off of his show at that point. Like, what are the advertising costs? I mean, what are they What are they pay, getting paid for advertising for his, like, number 23-ass radio show, you know? And also, he was, like, on the radio for so long, there had to have been so much data that would, that would support the thesis that Don Imus's listeners are just sort of, like, most of them are just passively listening to to him. There aren't that many of them, and it is not, in fact, an audience of millionaires, as he says. Yep, yeah, I mean, but like, did he just have like tapes of every radio executive saying the N word or something? <laughs> like, I couldn't figure it out. That must be it. <laughs> well, Opie's video. Uh, I, I I skipped ahead a little bit. I I, I really need you to hear this. I'll give okay. you stories. I got a few. I've been holding back. I, I'll give you some stories. Uh, I thought you and Stern were friends. You used to uh, shout good morning to him through the glass door. Not through the glass door. It ended up with me having to hang out behind a glass door because he hated the fact that I was actually trying to move on from all that horse shit. And, uh, you know, and I would wish him a, a good morning in the hallway. And he couldn't take that. And I went to the bosses behind my back. That's how Howard does things behind everyone. So we're in the middle of a Don Imus. <laughs> <laughs> this is so Dan Quinn. This is like this is like a less entertaining Dan Quinn. I mean, it's so fucking wild. Like he's in. You he have is, a kid. He is. He has a child. He has two children. A wife. He is not on the radio at all anymore, and uh, he's rich. And he is doing a video to remember a man that he considered great, a man that he called Mr. Imus throughout the years, which was also like, okay, dude, come on. Oh He's such cocks. I know. He it, is such a cock. I wonder like if it... Anytime, anytime there's anyone that can like do something for them or some level of like social cash, they're just like, I would die for you. Which is interesting. Matt Cow's like, pathetic because he just like tries to befriend those people and like Bubba tries to like get something out of them. But no one like no one like would would just like fucking genuflect like Opie and Anthony would. No to anyone. <laughs> no, I mean Imus was uh, so here's here's what I remember uh, pretty vividly is that Imus was uh, mentioning Opie on their sh on his show a lot. Opie and Anthony. I think he was doing it because it bothered Howard Stern, not because he was listening yeah. to Opie and Anthony. You know, it was kind of yeah, like no. these guys are my friends, and he would say Opie was his son, and he would have a picture come up. And I think Opie and Anthony and Jim Norton liked seeing somebody talk about them on MSNBC. <laughs> it, it, that lit up every part of their brain. They did not. <laughs> I do not believe they like. Enjoy. They did okay. They did not listen to Imus for enjoyment. I they do claimed. not believe that. They were way too funny to do that. And Imus, I don't believe Imus listened to anything except for like minstrel songs and like Amy <laughs> Mandy did. Like that's and like weird cowboy movies from like 1923 that were called like a, a most 
a gunpowder outer noon. He did. He he was being interviewed by like Tim Russert or something. And he's like, what's the last good movie you saw? And he was like, oh, oh, I don't see movies. Yeah, no, no way. The only things he wants. Yeah. He just probably had like the world's largest collection of minstrel shows. But probably. So yeah. I, I skipped forward a little bit more in Opie's remembrance of Don Imus. So uh, here, here's a little more. Sunsets. Wonderful. Michael Boyd. Bro, I, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I love sunsets. Uh, <laughs> I love sunsets. I think it brings me back to being a kid. Because the happy place that for me was uh, on a beach, childhood. my grandma's beach house, and waiting. Your grandma had a beach house. I thought you were poor. And, uh, you know. Well, Long Island. I, I want to be fair to him. Like everyone on Long Island has a beach house. Around you and your relatives. No matter how close to the poverty level they are. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Because he always yeah. said he was I don't broke. Get it. But he also well, he's probably embellishing that a bit, but I don't believe he grew up rich. Okay, but I believe he knowing Greg Opie Hughes. I think it's like one of those Bill O'Reilly things, where it's like I didn't come from money, but I did he all came this myself from upper middle radio. Yeah, upper middle class probably. Right? Yeah, yeah, or middle. Or like solidly middle. If you, yeah, yeah, probably like, grew up like me, middle class in a time in America where that was like afforded you a lot if you were white. Right, it pro- he probably grew up like me, where it was like we weren't rich. We lived in like a working class neighborhood, but my parents had the most kind of money in the working class neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, we were rich knowing- to the other people in the neighborhood. Yeah, knowing what I know about Greg Opie Hughes, this is what I'm inferring. But here, here's some more. I don't know. It just brings me incredible peace. So I share that with you. If you think it's silly or stupid, all right, all right. What do you do to live in the moment? <laughs> I have, Watch uh, this video. Peace, bro. The Uncle Paul and that <laughs> chip shit is—it's just done, man. You, you look like a fucking fool reciting that garbage. That stuff was okay in small doses. And then you know Jimmy had to uh, obsess and make it everything in his in his career. I kind of find it very sad at this point. You could go. Unlike this, <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> so you're talking, you're talking about a glass partition that Howard Stern put in Sirius XM. Like this is that's fucking cool, man. There's <laughs> Norton. There's you know, there. Like, no matter what you think about the Chip Chipperson or Uncle Paul thing, uh, at least trying some actual creative endeavor. It's not like this, which is, everyone agrees, is awesome. Look, for 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 what it's worth, I think Chip is really funny. And that, oh, like, yeah. Jim Norton going kind of all in on Chip, I think was, like, a really smart move. Because it is, uh, it is not Norton, which turns a lot of people like the Jim Norton character turns a lot of people off. And, and I think chip, I think chip has a, has a chance to be like a more mainstream, like success for him. I, I could oh, see a TV show. I could see a chip Chipperson TV show. I can't see a Jim more Jim Norton TV show. And I certainly can't see an Opie TV show. <laughs> well, what, what you don't, you, you don't see like an Opie TV show. Where it's just like the tips and tricks of the radio business, his eternal war against Howard Stern. I always think, you know what Opie, like all Opie's like now sort of autobiographical material, 
the uh, uh, King Hussein of Jordan wrote an autobiography uh, towards the end of his life, and it was like it was about his he, he it was about his sort of career as king, but the subtitle was My Eternal Fight Against Israel. And it's really funny for anyone who's reading that because it's like, yeah, he didn't really accomplish shit against Israel. <laughs> he just and yelled at him. Oh, oh, yeah, he just, like, just didn't. He was kind of a bitch. But that's what Opie, like, Opie's book would be like that. It would be like, my, my life, my life on the mic and my eternal war against Howard Stern. Which, which is not... I mean, we we kind of gave Howard shit, right? For like right. shutting them down in the in the right. background. But fuck, dude, you're not on the radio anymore, man. You're not even yeah, like I, in the business anymore. I know he. I mean, I guess he probably thinks he's still in the business, right? Do we think yeah. that he thinks he's still in the business? I do not think that. I don't think that I'm. I mean, I'm not in the business. I'm not making fun of him. You know what I mean? Like, but. Me and Opie probably have roughly the same, like, sphere of influence, I guess. You have way better engagement on anything you post. What? So, that's... Like, <laughs> like, you're... I mean, of course, we, like, got our audience from online, but it's like your engagement is a lot better there. True. <laughs> here, here's a little more of Opie's remembrance here. I, I, I just can't get enough of this. It's really good. Dude, I, I don't know what to tell you. You look like a fool. And sadly, you you, uh, you made an account just to do that. That's that's kind of weird, isn't it? Oh, you know you're in trouble when you're <laughs> giving the giving the you you made an account just to do that speech. The guy that did the assaults oh on the media, the guy that <laughs> would take down uh, MySpace pages back in the day. Yeah, I oh my god, I want to be like. He has millions of dollars, and I think I could be like an advisor to him. And be like, Greg, you are doing all the not bad things. Yes. You have to say, Greg, you, I would be like the guy in SimCity. You're pretending you're not mad. You will regret this. <laughs> well, I wish he would. I, I really wish. I mean, I wish that I wish the guy would would like maybe get a job <laughs> in radio, I guess, and try to do. Uh, his I think he wants to be Ryan Seacrest, and and Anthony has oh, said absolutely. that he thinks he wants to be Ryan Seacrest too. Like he thinks, like Opie wants to pivot and he wants to try this new thing. And I don't know if like his name is preventing him from getting a job in radio, but like it, I, the guy just what he needs to do is start fresh in, in, on Long Island. I'll bet you WBAB would hire the guy back. And 100%. Like, start fresh on Long Island. Don't talk about Anthony. Don't talk about Jimmy. Don't talk about Howard Stern. And, and like, just do a fucking, like, an entertainment radio show about, like, show business news and politics and shit, you know? <laughs> that feels yeah. like what he wants. And it feels like that's what he, I would love to see him get a chance to give it a shot. But instead, the way that he's decided to go, weirdly, and I, I also think this is like really like kind of, uh, uh, you guys are probably partly, to you guys and Chapo are probably partly responsible for this. But I think that like some of these guys, uh, want, the freedom and they want the experimentation and they see people being successful doing it. And they think that they can 
then parlay that because Opie is like recording his podcast in fucking restaurants with other customers there on a on like a yeti and he's like this is my experimental stuff i'm doing these like new experimental podcasts and it sounds yeah, like, like shit sound. <laughs> yeah and i think he just i think that he, people in the radio business know that there are people that are very successful with patreon and with stuff like that and i think that and that you know, we all have creative freedom, like a hundred percent creative freedom. And I think that he sees that and he thinks that's how he should go, but that is not how he should go. He should no, just get a fucking no. job. It's like how I could have never done Opie and Anthony. He like can't do this. No. Here's a little more. What you think, brah? What you Ugh. think, brah? Here's a car coming down the beach. The uh the the uh uh the that was the guy that was fishing. Oh, I know. Interesting. I mean, you know, after like the first, maybe push the second week of December, there's not much out here. There really isn't much to catch out there. Okay, cool. Could you uh, stop the video? I, I don't know. <laughs> I know, like, um, I could tell you this. There was somebody. Uh, he'll he'll uh, he'll remain nameless for now. Of course he will. There was somebody that said the the comics are all talking. They said you know, there was a time you went on Opie and Anthony and your your uh, Twitter would spin. Okay. And you would sell all sorts of uh, tickets for your comedy shows, and the word on the street is that uh, that's long gone now. That they don't get the same buzz. So. So that was his parting shot at Jim and Sam during his remembrance. The guy is a mess, right? Like he is, he's just a destroyed person. This is, this is like a, I really want a Paul Thomas Anderson movie about Opie and Anthony, but I feel like I'm watching it. Like this is so PTA. Like this is just like last 30 minutes of the movie, just like. It's like, yeah, I guess they don't have like the same burn with comedians they do they used to, but it's like, <laughs> do you? I know. I well, that's the thing. Who is? I guess like Jim and Sam probably does do pretty decent for comedians. I can't imagine that going on Jim and Sam isn't good for a comedian. You know, it's like probably, yeah, it's probably not as good as like Opie and Anthony in their heyday, but like. Yeah, what is That's what not... in 2020 what is as good as opie and anthony in their heyday you know there's right, nothing exactly like the, nothing. The, those platforms not... don't exist anymore the golden globes is like not even big enough to get you know no. I mean? yeah absolutely not no so, it's just like having having a dedicated web following that's it so we're recording this on january 7th and uh howard stern is back from his vacation and uh, I got his Don Imus obituary. Um, uh, I was, I, this was the one I was actually excited for. So here's the thing, dude. Howard was like really introspective and pretty nice on here. And one of the things he said really resonated with me in a way is he said, like, I hated this guy and uh, I fought with him and and uh Believe me, like there was a ton of bad blood there, but to see a guy that I, to see him die was really sad for me. Like it was just sad. And I think Howard probably feels that way because he doesn't have somebody to talk shit about anymore. 
Yeah, it's got to be depressing, right? It's like, well, like, you know, in the, the Red Baron, when he died, like, people from, like, militaries that had fought, like, uh, opposed him, even other air forces attended his funeral. For Howard, maybe a little bit of that. I mean, the Red Baron was good at what he did, though, so not not totally. But you do, you have an enemy for long enough, they become part of your life. And that's the what he's saying. The opposite of love is not hate, it is indifference. And that There's is a what type he, of love that a guy like Howard has for a guy like I miss and vice versa. You described it perfectly, too. That's what he said. He And he was like, you know, we're all getting so old. Which was yeah. like a really cool like sort of thing. So here is, I didn't get all of his obituary because it was about an hour and a half. And uh, a lot of it was that, what we just talked about. But uh, here is my first clip from the Howard Stern Don Imus obituary. Happy that, you know, I was getting to know this guy a little bit. But then when things started to turn sour for me, was uh, Robin said to me one time on the air, Robin, we were on the air at NBC radio and Robin walked in on the air on the mic and said, uh, hey, you know, I just called me the N word in the hall. Sounds and like I him. remember like, 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 you know, it was such kind of a shocking thing. And and, and I was like, what? Yeah, and the upshot is uh, he ran after he did it. He was a sniveling coward. Yeah. And he said it under his breath, and I thought I heard it because I was standing there talking to the girlfriend of the day. Yeah. And <laughs> she was, like, shocked. And I said, what did you say? And he sort of laughed and ran. Robin hates him in a way. Yeah, no. Like, Howard is saying, like, I feel bad. Robin never once says she feels sad or bad or anything. She goes out, which is understandable from this. Yeah, here's a little. was really fucking awful to her. Here's a little more. So Robin was telling me this on the air, and then Imus called in. I guess he he was listening, and and he said, um, I didn't call you the N-word. I called you a Negro, which, like, like that's any better. (laughs) And, and and then uh, Robin went, well, I didn't hear it that way or something like that. And then I was going, no, 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 I called you a Negro. And, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, well, this is so weird because in reality, why is he calling anybody a Negro? You know, like who cares what he's calling? Well, we- you know, it's bullshit. Right. Well, that too. And so, <laughs> and so, and then I remember, th- and then we were ending up the conversation because we just wanted to get the fuck off the phone with the guy. And then at the end of the conversation, he just blurts out, well, but he called her a spear chucker, which is like, what the fuck? Here, listen. She's a second place runner-up winner of the month, made me look like <laughs> Well, at least I have all my teeth. God almighty. What do I do? You prefer this. Spear chucker. So, <laughs> that's the... Oh, my. He was such a vile guy. <laughs> Sick, right? Like, that was... That, to me, was like... I mean... Listen, I was a guy in my life where I have found this kind of humor funny, right? And, and like, um, it's, it, I'm not saying that there's no possible way. Like, there are things I, there are things that I probably laugh at that are, would, people would be bothered that I, I enjoy it. But I think like the stuff that I always liked, um, being picked on because shit. he, Sorry, the stuff I we're back to that again because I can't. This app fucking sucks. And uh, we can but, go back to watch together next time. 
this is actually easier. I, the reason it changed is because I'm using the Sirius XM app oh, instead yeah, yeah, of yeah, YouTube. Yeah. And the app is just like trying to find your place on it is terrible. But um, th- I just thing in a playback app too. I just don't think that like, I guess like saying him calling her like just enough. That's a slur. Right. And that was the whole thing. That was all he was doing, you know? (laughs) Right. It's like, I'm not going to like sit here and like act like I'm not like, like I'm not like IRC and shit when I was a kid. Like I didn't like say like awful things to think awful things were funny, but it's like, there's no joke here. You're just like calling someone that like, I really try not to moralize any comedy because it's like hypocritical and constantly changing, but it's like, this isn't even that. Like right. this is just like pure anta- like racial antagonism. Nothing else. Right. That's exactly how I felt and, too. Like I just was like, this isn't like there isn't there isn't a joke here. As a guy who's laughed at plenty of of this kind of stuff, I felt as though like that wasn't even a joke. That was just sort of like a guy yelling that he hates somebody, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Here's a here's a little more of Howard's uh, Don Imus obituary. This is uh, here. Here you go. I'm just gonna play it. Who was black? Then I was standing there, and she was crying. And I said, "What happened?" Brenda was her name, and she said, uh, "Oh, Imus just called me the N word," and I and she was crying, and I just was like, "What the fuck? Fuck this guy." Like that, and then I was done because you know everyone was always making excuses. He drinks, he does coke, he does this, he does that, and I was like, "Who cares?" I, I, I drank. I, you know, I've never <laughs> called anybody the N word, and I've been loaded. Howard, that's a little bit of a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call you there, buddy. You're <laughs> just gonna say, "I'm just gonna." I you think you probably. I mean, I know you have. I've I've heard you say I've heard him when he was doing the nappy headed hose stuff. Like those guys, they were using the n word so much on the Stern show that I was just I it, it was really weird to listen to. <laughs> so uh, this is the clip I'm playing. I, I'm just going to continue this because it's an interesting one. I mean, you know, I I don't know that doesn't come out of me. But then and then he started, you know, and then when the jealousy started. I don't mind a good fight. I don't mind people ragging on me and I don't mind ragging on people. You know me, I'll, I'll go right there with you. But then like he was being interviewed somewhere in 1984 and he called me a Jew bastard and then told a Holocaust joke. That really did happen. Because we were talking about that and I said, I don't recall that. Well, I went and found it for the obituary. Ah. Does Howard Stern go too far on the radio? Yes, Howard's a slut, uh, Lloyd. (laughs) (laughs) Plus a Jew bastard. (laughs) And uh, should be castrated. That would change his voice, not me. Put in an oven. So, (laughs) there... (laughs) That was brutal, right? (laughs) Like, it's not funny. It's... He he was a bad fucking guy, you know? And Um, a horrible comedian. Yeah, well, he wasn't jo- he wasn't telling. I I sort of feel like he wasn't joking. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's the yeah. thing with Don Imus is that like I you say what you want about about Howard, Opie, and Anthony. I mean, Anthony not so much, but like I, Jim Norton, you know, Jim Norton. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that they are intentionally 
racist. You know, I think they yeah. say racist things and that their heart, but they're, they're in their heart. They believe that they're just doing satire, you know? Right. Um, so I think, uh, we, we have eulogized Imus enough and I, I, there was a few more guys I wanted to get to, to just, uh, to just round this out. I wanted to, uh, get a few, get a few in of, uh, other, uh, of some of our other guys before we go. And, uh, I guess we're not going to, well, let's do this. I, 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 I'm, I'm okay. gonna, yeah, let's do this. Let's, let's, uh, I promise we do it. Uh, the next thing we're going to do here is, uh, a, a story that everybody asked us about, right? Uh, Howard Stern interviewing Hillary Clinton, which happened, yeah, no, we have to do this. <laughs> which happened directly after, uh, uh, like that happened so shortly after we, really uh, excited. that happened so shortly after we did this thing. That like I was like fuck what the hell this is not fair that this happened <laughs> and I that's when I kind of I think that was the day I messaged you though and was like we got to do more <laughs> yeah it called us back to the lab it's like it, it's it's just like my luck with things that whenever I do something like that has like a super current peg um it immediate massive development that almost that like requires an addendum comes out so how did but you yeah, i'm glad it did how did you uh feel about this interview what, what, what were your uh what were your thoughts of on it like when you heard it and, and heard that he was doing it um it didn't really surprise me I... like it, because it's like howard like i mean he had all those interviews with, with trump like howard's like his anti-establishment or anti-authoritarian thing, it is like a branding exercise. And it, it, it mainly, it's not political. He means it, he always meant it in the sense of like the type of content he delivers, but not really in his politics. He's like a lot of people interested in going in politics. And I imagine that like, to, to a lesser extent than like Opie or Jim Norton would be like, like if Hillary Clinton like reached out to him or was like nice to him, it would thrill him. Right, I would I would probably, I, I, I hate to say this, but I would probably have her on Street Fight if she asked me. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it just is like, it's one of those things like when somebody reaches out to you that is that big, you, you kind of feel like you have to do it. Like that, yeah, that you would yeah, be yeah. dumb not to take the opportunity to talk to this person. So uh, I'm going to start it out by just, here in the intro for Hillary that Howard did. Here we go. Hillary Clinton is here. Former senator, former first lady, former secretary of state. Look at you. Wow. I can't even wow, believe it. she's here. There you are. Can I just stare at you for a while? How are you? Good to see you. Good this is you. so exciting for me. Well, it's exciting for me, too, I think. Yeah, I'll let you get You'll see. You think. You don't know yet. <laughs> I, I, think, I mean, I don't know if you read this piece of mine, but I, I, um, my fantasy was not only to meet you, but to tell you what a hero you were to me. And oh boy, <laughs> oh yeah, this is brutal. I mean, how? But again, it's not surprising. Like Howard's, Howard, huge Zionist, friends with Ellen DeGeneres. Like, that's who he is now. You know. Well, also, also like. 
I think this says something about shock jocks too, though, right? Like, like this is what you were saying about Opie and Anthony. If you give them, if you give them some of your attention and you're a powerful person, it fucking doesn't matter who you are. They, they're yeah. Here, Opie here, and Anthony would have defended Jeffrey Epstein, like if he was nice enough to. Them. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, like one thousand percent. But this is like. Yeah, this doesn't surprise me at all, knowing what I know about these guys. It sucks, like, it doesn't make me feel good, because I love Howard, but it's like, I'm not surprised. I'm not, right. like, disappointed. Here's the first, like, clip that that I had to get on here that made me almost sad. Uh-huh. Almost trivialized politics to the point that it's about nothing but entertainment. I, I mean... The coverage of it is so superficial, and these are serious issues. I mean, these these are, in many instances, you know, whether... It's like a game show. Whether, it's like a game show, and the consequences are on the people who are going to be affected by who gets elected and what they decide to do. You know what I want you to you speak about a game show? I, I used to have this fantasy when I would watch you debate Trump. Uh, you know, I was saying to myself, I wish you would take out a map and say, Donald, point to where Russia is on the map. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been odd. Yeah, what a cool fantasy, Howard. Awesome. <laughs> that Howard, was, Howard, dude, really that cool. that was Aaron Sorkin. what she did. That's like what her campaign <laughs> But again, let's break it down. Who and what is Howard? Howard is a native Long Islander white guy who spent his entire life in the entertainment industry and is worth millions of dollars. Who do you think he wanted to vote for? I guess like, you know, you know, uh, yeah, like, I, I do think that though, I don't know why, but I do find it odd that he doesn't like Bernie Sanders very much. You know, like I, I, I think he wants to be taxed. <laughs> That's true. I think I solved it. He's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire who's friends with tons of rich entertainers, you know? But I, I think that's it. I, I, I guess that's probably true, but Hillary Clinton just is such an uninspiring person for, for everybody except for this guy and some near a tandem, you know? <laughs> No, he's an uninspired, but like, no, this is like, do you remember the DNC in 2016? Right. That entire, all the, every, everyone who spoke that wasn't like Michael Bloomberg or like, you know, whoever from the CIA was like, it was like a celebrity, not a cool celebrity, but someone who like maybe 10 or 20 years ago, you've been like, oh, that's cool. Like a celebrity past their prime, but still has millions of dollars. That's like. If I had to say what is Hillary's actual base, it may be that just celebrities, sort of diminished celebrities. Yeah, it's why or yeah, L.A. comedians. Yeah, yeah, uh, Andy Richter. Yeah, here's another one that bummed me out. That's tricky. It is tricky. And do you Whoever think do you think Biden could win? Well, the polls say he can. Right. Yeah. So do you yeah. think he could get the nomination, or is the party going too left and they're looking for a Bernie Sanders and a? I think it's too soon to tell because nobody has voted or caucused. So I think that right now, according to the polls, uh, Biden is going to get the nomination. But that's, you know, a long right. way off. 
and then he can win the Electoral College. Because remember, think, it's not you, the popular vote. But don't you I think they need a middle-of-the-road kind of candidate? I mean, anybody... You, learned, you didn't know that before, or what? Oh, that hurts my Jesus. feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to... Hey, you shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it sucks, man. It sucks, but it shouldn't surprise. Like, it's like... How much money do you think Howard Stern has? I, I've heard in my time... I've heard half. I mean, the number I've always heard is half a billion, right? That was the contract with Sirius, yeah. And that like, was in like, two thousand four or five, right? Right. And Howard always contended, oh, that was like his entire contract, like pay staff and shit like that. But I know a lot. I know a little bit about this business. I don't think he was spending two hundred million dollars a year. I um, I think like yeah, at a most conservative estimate we would have to say that Howard has like hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Oh yeah. We're, we're, we're talking hundreds of, I wouldn't say a billion, but he might be no, like, hundreds inching. Of I think he could be hit, inching toward, I think that it's not out of the realm of possibility that if he continues to go for a few more, for another decade, I don't think it's impossible that he ends up with a billion dollars. Seriously. I mean, we got pushback. I don't, you didn't see this because it happened in our Facebook group, but we did get a little bit of pushback for declaring Sirius dead because apparently they just bought Pandora. And and I want to. What the fuck is Pandora? (laughs) (laughs) And their stock price is decent and stable. But I want to clarify. I think they're dead, and they have no future. Like there's no future in this. Yeah, and I I also want to clarify what dead means in Shocktober because we're not business guys. We don't know about business. They are dead in the culture. Like satellite radio is dead. It doesn't make any ripples in pop culture like you don't hear about it everything is sequestered in satellite radio with their 23 million subscribers that i fucking really don't believe <laughs> like that's yeah. like that's where they are here here's oh this was this made me sad and then we'll get to a few funny things and uh and, and get out of here 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 you go he really did who is the best president in your opinion beside your, your let's take your husband out of it <laughs> oh, Oh, yeah, but it's rich Long Island guy, rich Long Island guy. Like it's like that's the only piece of the puzzle I'm looking at. As much personal affection I have for Howard and the work and his work, it's like, nah, man. Imagine there was a Howard Stern. Okay, he's from the same place, same upbringing, same background. Maybe married and divorced once, right? Yeah, Let's say yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't Howard Stern, the radio guy we love. Let's say he is Howard Stern. The commercial paper broker at Goldman Sachs. Who do you think he votes for? I mean, I think you he, know he man. votes for anybody but Bernie and Trump. I I think is what we're exactly. looking at. Exactly. Yes. 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 <laughs> like he's what just. Think, how, what, what do you think? How like? What do you think Howard's like day to day life is like? What do you think his social calls are like? What do you think? Who do you think he's getting texts from? Do you think like because like he lives a very posh like sequestered stratified existence out he's not like when he gets done i don't think he's hanging out with like you know any whack packers and shit like that i don't know i bet if you pulled the whack pack you'd probably get some trump voters you'd probably get some bernie voters but uh in howard's circles that he's been in for the past few years i think it's a lot of uh clinton dems yeah yeah clinton dems john mccain uh john Kerry was probably like a really good uh john Kerry was probably like a really good 
like he was inspired by him. It, it, it with John Kerry, it wasn't for us. It was like, of course we. I mean, I'm speaking for you, but I'll just say for myself, one of the first pictures of my daughter is her laying wrapped up with a, a Carrie Edwards sticker on her. And, <laughs> and, and, but it was more of a, like that election was more of like saying, Hey, I want, uh, like, I don't want Bush to win. I'm going to pretend yeah, no, to be excited. You know what I mean? I like I was uh, 13, 14. I tried to like psyop myself into thinking John Kerry was cool, but I didn't really believe it. <laughs> psyop. It was it was hard, man. It was, it was a tough sell. All right. Tough sell. Another thing that happened as soon as we quit Shocktober, uh it, it, at the end of November was uh Bubba the Love Sponge's show underwent yet another change and uh he lost Manson. Manson is no longer on the show. Um, what ended up happening is now he has a plastic surgeon that comes on and works for free. <laughs> a, a, a woman. He's the king. <laughs> he owns. That's not a guy who would kowtow to Hillary Clinton. I mean, actually probably would. But like, he's not, he's not compromised. He's still the same dumb asshole. He would have asked her for a job. He would have told yeah. her. Yes. Bubba would have told her that if uh, he she needed outreach in Florida, that he would be willing to do it, and he's very popular in Florida. Is exactly that. I I mean, I was because yeah. basically when Stern did the interview, all I wanted to hear was uh man cow or Bubba doing the interview. <laughs> Hillary on Bubba or man cow was a lot more appealing to me than on Stern. <laughs> Hillary on Mancow would be because like Mancow would literally it's like it, it's it, it's like I actually have trouble figuring out what he would do because it's like my knowledge of shock jocks makes me go oh he would like he would immediately like walk back like 30 years of very public militant conservatism but then like the part of me that knows Mancow's art would be like he would ask her if she's like a satanic pedophile Right. I think he would. I don't know what he would do. I think the thing about Mancow is, is that he sees himself as a truth teller, a guy that, that like, uh, will speak truth to power. And I truly don't think that he would suck up to Hillary Clinton. I really do think he would, he would probably say she's demonically possessed or something. And, yeah. uh, just, you know, he'd, he'd get scared and he'd yell at her and he would call her a murderer. I, I truly believe that. I mean, the funny thing is, yeah. and, and it's like he would. And then after he would say something insane, he'd be like, I actually saw, like I, I saw her like speak in demonic tongues. Right. You know what he would say at the end, right? Is that at the end of the thing, he would say that uh, when the mics went off, uh, she came across the studio and shook his hand and said, you, sir, are a worthy adversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would be like, you were the guy. Bill Bill said during his presidency that he wished he could get you out of there. You're the biggest thorn in our side during during the years we held the White House. (laughs) (laughs) He he owns. He's the most unhinged. He's like the most unhinged liar ever. He has gone crazy. He (laughs) is fully in on like, he was talking about his fucking friend, Russell Crowe. 
yesterday. Oh. Just my friend, Russell Crowe, called me and said these fires are giving him a headache in uh, Australia. It's like he was his reporting on the Australian fires was that Russell Crowe said that it's really bad and called him and told him. I, I think that's an amazing lie because it's like it presupposes that Russell Crowe's like, these fires are crazy, but it's like, I got to reach out to something. I know, man cow. Well, <laughs> but but uh, I want to talk about his Studio Ghibli thing because that is the most insane thing I've ever heard. Right? Yeah, a guy. I, I actually have the audio of that. We, we we can we can definitely play that. I, I'm going to grab it now. And uh, the Studio Ghibli thing to me was just one of those things where it's like he fucking. This guy will never stop lying. This this dude is uh he's incapable of telling the truth. And uh it's actually really incredible how how he gets away how he does it. So here it is. Uh I'm going to play the audio for you right now. It's uh Oh. The guy comes over and says uh, uh I uh you you know Studio Ghibli? I said, I've been trying to get into Studio Ghibli for 10, 15 years. And they do these most amazing animated films. And he goes, I worked on Ponyo. You ever heard of that? I said, I started to sing the theme song. Ponyo, Ponyo by the sea. Do you know Totoro? Totoro, Totoro. That's a great movie. Totoro is their Mickey Mouse in Japan. This yeah. guy, this guy's huge. He's like, wow. my honor to meet you. There's. <laughs> <laughs> My honor to meet. I need to. My honor to meet you, man cow. Well, he kept saying that Japanese people call him high tension man, and like he, I don't know why. He he never explained why. He just did a really like racist caricature of a uh, of a respectful Japanese person. I can I can get it for you. I did actually want to do this. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, and now that we have the uh, technology, the capability to do it, we're just gonna listen to the first few minutes of a man cow podcast. Wonderful, wonderful. yes, the king, the king, the king of all radio, the true king of all radio. He is. He's just a king. And and you know <laughs> nobody's as good as him. Uh, nobody will ever be that. Ah, oh, fucking crap! Show uh, me the most insane like online poison, like Xanax abusing and like like sort of making a speedball of Adderall Zoomer. And it's like no, nah, they don't lie like Man Cow. No nobody. Here, here, here's nobody we're gonna play the. Like we're gonna play the first few minutes of an episode of Man Cow's podcast. And uh, I promise the man cow. Smoke two joints in the morning. I spoke two joints at night. I spoke two joints in the afternoon. Well, good morning. Good morning. Are you smoking it now that it's legal, John? No. Didn't smoke it before. Are you, are you legally smoking marijuana? I'm not smoking it at all. I never have. Never smoking, Carly. I know it's never a change for you. Never ever. <laughs> Nothing changed. Nope. Uh, did you see the taxes on this weed? It's insane. It's insane. I, I put some of it up on my uh, on my website. That's why they're doing it for the taxes. Up up on Instagram, and I, I it was like, what was it, two hundred and twenty five dollars, and then the bill was three hundred nine dollars. It's crazy. The taxes, and then of course, if you buy in Evanston, of course it it goes to uh, it goes to black people. Reparations. 
Which I don't know <laughs> what he's talking what? about, Felix. What the fuck? Here, here's a little more. How, how is that not racist? We're going to take money and give it to a group based on skin color. Anytime you do something based on skin color, I don't care if it's for whitey. To me, it's racism. I, I just can't believe it. But that's Evanston. Nuts. You know what you could do? Yeah, which no, is, by I, the way, what I'm sitting on. You know, I couldn't have done this when I was a younger man. <laughs> What's that, John Dempsey? You, you, I don't know if you could do this because you don't live in Evanston, but yeah. you could file a lawsuit against Evanston saying that you think that this whole yes. operations thing is unconstitutional. Yes, that's that's what I want to be. The white guy. <laughs> the white guy. The white So this is how the well, show's... Okay, okay, I looked it up. I looked it up. And I initially didn't believe this because I'm familiar with the town of Evanston. But um, Evanston, Illinois, will use money from legal marijuana for a reparations fund. That's fair, though. $10 million reparations program for black citizens of Evanston, which is like, that's not a huge amount, um, I don't think. But it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, that's what... Evanston's a pretty, very liberal town. Like, it's consistently so. I'm pretty sure most Evansonians are in support of this. Uh, and Mancow is just like, of course, puts it in the most inflammatory terms possible. <laughs> but he, just to him, this is just like, this is another satanic episode. But it's fair. Satanic episodes. It's fair, though, right? Like, it, it is, is fair. It's totally it is fair. It is, is there how many like, black people were, were, were like just their lives thrown away? by fucking drug sentencing, especially in Illinois. And every person, every person that got a license in Illinois was white. So like it, this is totally fucking fair. I think completely fair. It's like the least they could do. But the, the reason I want to play because the breakneck speed of this show, it it will just blow you away. Here's a, here's a little more we're, we're getting into. So, Okay. We are a minute and 24 seconds into an episode of the Man Cow Daily Podcast. Now watch how this thing goes. White guy on the radio that sues, that sues because uh, African-Americans are getting reparations. That's the guy. That's, that's something you want to do in the city of Chicago. For the show. The city base. You know, and not all, uh, you know, not all publicity is good publicity. I know that. I know they say that, but I don't think it is. Uh, Believe me. Right. Anyway, 536 with big swing. And uh, how are you? Anyway, welcome to the roaring 20s. It's uh, 2020. And I have a lot of questions for everybody here. Uh, I was in, in Japan. Wow. And uh, just uh, let me just warn everybody that's listening to this right now. This is about to get <laughs> this is, this is about to get weird. Here we go. I just love it there. I just love it there. And uh, I made a uh, uh, it's a very long story. And I'll tell the story if I have time, but they are calling me in Japan. This is no joke. Jeez, did I tell you this story? You did. Yeah. They're calling me high tension, man. <laughs> High tension man. High, you, you high tension man. And that's. Well, you don't have to do the voice, man. <laughs> he almost got done with it without doing the voice, but he's like, nah. I no, there. I am. <laughs> My name became in Japan. I did a some. I did a public speaking. It's just bizarre, and it has nothing to do with me being man cow. Nobody knows who the hell I am. Heck, they don't. That was impressive. That that's gross. I, I yeah, the man cow of the nineties would have said that Miyazaki himself like introduced himself to man cow. 
Yeah, I mean, there's still who I am in in Gary, Indiana. They sure as hell don't know who I am in Shinjuku, Japan. But I got up to speak, and I just got asked. It's a bizarre story. And you high tension man, and they all come up to me. You high tension man, and uh, and this guy came comes over and says, "Oh, this is so boring. This story." So then he goes into the Studio Ghibli story. But this show, like, changes it. Like, I don't know how that's a show, right? Like, it just doesn't sound. It, it it doesn't sound like like it's put together. It doesn't sound like it happens in a linear fashion. You know? Yeah, it is. It's like, this is, fuck what Obi's saying. This is actually experimental. The, I, I will agree that this is a pretty uh, experimental show. Um, so what we're going to do before we get out of here, uh, I got some phone scams. We'll get to Bubba next time. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I owe more time to Bubba because Bubba is like has the most like current events surrounding him. I would say, right? It just Manson's gone. Here, I'll I'll play this. This is from Manson. This it's 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 pretty quick and it's sad because you know we knew that Manson and Bubba were friends for life, and um, I I just sort of feel like. I just want to cry a little bit hearing hearing something like this. One watch up cam girl and a cheater who lies, cheater who lies, cheater who lies. One watch up cam girl and a cheater who lies, cheater who I want to say that this is from December 17th. This isn't like from like the. <laughs> this is not from 19 years ago. No. Think. January, December 17th, 2019. Uh, this song came out 18 years ago. About, by the yeah. Way. Dot is back on AM. Washed up hat makes you cringe. Todd is back, rode my sack, Todd is back, rode my sack, Todd is back, rode my sack, rode my sack. Yow, 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 me, 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 yow, 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 me, 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 yow, 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 me, 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 yow, 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 me, me, me. I got free from the monster, cause nobody wants to hear Bubba no more. He went crazy, you lost interest. You want shade, then this is what I'll give you. A little bit of wheat mixed with some gold. They got shocked, y'all hanging with a washed up stripper. He got caught winding them clocks, he had to settle. Now, now he talks, talks to nobody and gets no rating. He keeps talking, but some say he's bloviating. Ugh. <laughs> I, 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 and uh, also, pretty bad. I listened pretty to Manson's, bad. I did listen to Manson's show. It's It was three and a half hours. The streaming stuff, really. <laughs> like encourages people to go maybe longer than they can. And Manson certainly needs Bubba. I can tell you that. So, um, yeah, me. so for the last few things we're going to do before we get out of here, we got phone scams. And, uh, this is one I picked specifically for you, Felix. You know what? Yes. The president is. Uh, let me start over here just so you can hear who we're, who we're dealing with here. What? Yes. The president of USC? Yep. Who's this? Oh, hey, this is uh, Leslie Anderson. Who? Leslie Anderson. Hey, let me ask you a question. Um, is it true that you're in Playboy? Who is this? Uh, Leslie Anderson. From where? I got to ask you, is this really uh, Dana White? Because <laughs> he's claiming this is a phone scam to Dana White. Okay. So, so here's a little more. 
Um, well, actually, one of your fighters is um, good friends with me. He's in the closet. My husband, Cheeks, actually used to train him a few years ago. Don't be mad because he, he doesn't know that I'm calling you. Please don't don't take it out on him. Who is it? I, I really can't tell you. gave you the number? I really can't tell you. Randy Couture. Randy Couture gave you my number oh, and yeah. he's in the closet? <laughs> yeah. So, are, are you in the Playboy? Yes. Are you completely naked or what? No, it's Playboy. Why would I be naked? Oh. That's Playgirl. Okay, because my, my husband, Cheeks, he's actually a trainer for the, uh, the shoot fighters. And he's taught me some really, like, great... Who like, is this? This is Leslie Anderson. This is Leslie Anderson. And Randy Couture gave you my number. Well, I took it out of his cell phone last night. <laughs> I was going through it. I got a few other numbers, too. So that... that... <laughs> All right, so this is... He's referencing Randy Couture and I believe Tiki Gosen, who is, like... Tiki Gosen is sort of, like... Has had one of the most charmed careers in the peripheries of MMA. He was a former fighter who, like, he dated Ariana Celeste, who was, like, the alpha ring card girl in the UFC. Uh, he got a bunch of business opportunities with fighters just by being friends with people who are way better than him. He sort of, he is what we all aspire to be like. We all aspire to be a tiki ghost in our respective fields. So the guy doing this call is very knowledgeable about the social world of MMA. I sort of think actually it's it, it I don't think this is based on anybody in particular and uh Mancow thought it would be funny to have someone call Dana White and say one of his fighters is gay. And Randy Randy Couture is one of the most storied fighters. This is like of course it's a very Mancow bit because the entire joke is like, oh, this guy's having gay sex with men. Yeah. But it that- does betray a knowledge of the subject. That Mancow has previously not displayed in anything except for being racist. So, closet to Mancow. <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. Felix, uh, keep your eye, uh, keep your ears open. You got to hear the very beginning of this call because it's something we love. Supermarket, this is Jackie. How may I help you? <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> He knows we're listening. Oh, there's no fucking way in the world. Supermarket. I was in shock when when he they answered supermarket. I just I I don't. Oh my god! You got chicken legs. He knows we're listening. Oh. Uh, is that why you never wear shorts? You got a nice ass. I wish you'd wear shorts more. I don't even get that. You got chicken I don't care. I think you ought to wear shorts more often. You're a handsome man. <laughs> kind of spindly, huh? You got chicken wings? Yeah, chicken wings, yeah. Is it hard to get your shirt on? No, it isn't. How'd you answer the phone? How do I answer the phone? <laughs> I just pick them up with my little feathered hands. <laughs> 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 that is the first rule of improv. When someone yes and you, you just go... He's <laughs> <laughs> up in a panic. And he gave him five times. Oh, God. It's fake. So, like, again, it, you said this on the Mancow episode we did. Mancow went up to bat. He was playing T-ball. And he had a lead. And uh, his pants fell down. And <laughs> he tripped. <laughs> He's wearing the boxers from the cartoons. His little heart's on them. And, uh... <laughs> And I have, uh, I, I, I think those are, uh, those are all my prank calls. And, uh, I mean, this is supermarket is excellent. I do have, well, here we go. I, I do have one more. 
uh, I'm going to warn the people again that uh, this is man cow. So I, I don't think you're expecting it to be funny, engaging, uh, not racist. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, fucking one in the hell. All right. Well, I guess I'm not going to get to do. Oh, oh, fuck this. Everything's everything's uh, going wrong right now. All right. Um, God damn it. He did a prank call and it sucks like incredibly bad. I know the man cow. it's hard to believe. Yeah, it's not. Oh, why isn't it letting me? I got it. He did a prank call on his show yesterday when he got back and he must have had the racist, um, the racist Japanese caricature that he was doing in his head because he, uh, he, he really went for it. And it's, uh, it, it, this one is so bad. I, I really want to warn people. This is like, uh, ah, it's not as bad as. I don't know. The diarrhea call might be the worst thing ever made, right? Like, yeah, as far as just like basic competence, yeah, yeah. Well, this one, I think, I think, I think people are going to get a lot out of this one. Uh, oh God, this iTunes is so bad. All right, we're almost there. I had to do thirty seconds ahead, all the way there to get to it because, uh iTunes won't let you search through. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go back. Oh. All right, here we go. Here, This is our final phone scam, and then I want to play something funny, and then we're done. Here we go. I buy, you'd buy a, oh, I, John, I'd buy a cord of wood and put it out back. I don't do that. Right. Or I'd buy a really nice Yule log. Yeah. Or knowing you, they're so hard. Marijuana they're, they're so oh, hard to flush. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Jim. Hello, contractor? Uh, yes, we do. A cord of wood and put it out back. I don't do that. Right. Or I'd buy a really nice Yule log. Yeah. Or knowing you, they're so hard. Marijuana they're, they're so hard to flush. Yeah. <laughs> Woodshop, this is Jim. Hello? Woodshop, this is Jim. <laughs> now, here we go. Here we go. This is the other thing he does. Contractor? Uh, yes, we do con contracting work. Hello, allow me to introduce myself. Okay. My name is Johnny Chop. I am the fastest wood chopper on the face of the earth. Johnny Chop. The fastest, huh? Yes. I've noticed that he does this thing now where he cuts in and explains the joke, or if you missed anything in the yeah, joke. If you, if you missed anything, we're doing a racial stereotype from like. Well, I guess like 1962, <laughs> the Japanese people just like when they see wood, they just have to do karate on it. Yeah, this is so bad. Yes, sir. Well, what can I do for you? I would like to come work for you. Uh, do you have experience doing construction? I have more experience than everyone on your crew combined. I have the accent goes away halfway through that sentence. <laughs> like yeah, that, okay. he, see, he grew. He, he was no. racism and no growth, but he grew. He didn't grow. The person that's doing it <laughs> is so embarrassed by the thing that he's just trying to get through it. I've been chopping wood for 47 years, and I use no saw. Okay, well, typically we, we, we like to... I use my hands! We like to... So... <laughs> 
okay. I think I think we get the idea of uh, yeah. that one. Uh, the last thing we're gonna do here, uh, it's real quick and it's really fun, and it was just like something I wanted to get something that like I wanted to get something on here uh, by Ronnie B. And uh, because we've been, people have been like, hey, uh, when are you guys going to do Ron and Fez? And we have said this, never. We are never going to do Ron and Fez. We respect them too much. But I think on these one-off episodes, I want to play some of their funniest stuff. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, this one's one of the funniest things they ever did, I think. And uh, I, I want people to keep in mind, this happened on Opie and Anthony's channel. Uh, XM202, the virus. They were on the oh, same. I know what you're going to play. <laughs> yeah. They were on the same channel as Opie and Anthony. And, uh, they did this bit. I'm not all that familiar with these guys, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it works out. I hope it works out for the best. Supposedly, they're the hardcore guys. Uh, they're on the edge. Let's, uh, just try to listen to a couple of minutes that we were able to pull off. They're called Shock and Jock. Shock and Jock, your inner soul, the pussy. There's it. You know who annoys me? Cripple kids. <laughs> These lazy brats. So fucking needy, man. Get a job, for Christ's sakes. The fucking whole country has jobs. And this little cripple spaz can't get up off his head. <laughs> I see lots of cripples at McDonald's. Shock it. I don't know what country these cripples come from, but I say nuke them and turn it to glass. <laughs> it's just, just, it's so spot on. Here's a little more. Turn so good. to glass. And take that glass and make like a nice glass house out of it. Keep plants warm. I don't know what the fuck. I ain't no scientist, dick. People try to sit here and tell me what to do. My fucking career. Trying to do what I can. I got my wife at home. I got her mother-in-law up my ass. Oh. Last night I turned on the TV. Two minorities and two slits. <laughs> Talking to each other. Blah, 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 blah. You call that TV? Jesus Christ. Get some people who look like me on that fucking show. Everybody should look like us. Better. <laughs> want anyone tanner or paler or different eye shape than me. Here's, here's what I hate. Minorities. Salespeople. Listeners. And GM, who we call the beer. Drop in a toilet sound effect. <laughs> Shocky Jock. You can't get laid. Shocky Jock. <laughs> Shocky Jock. I guess that's the new show coming to uh, XM202, the virus. and Ronnie B, uh, honestly. Just took down shock jocks in like two seconds. Here's a, here's a little uh, here's a little more of this bit. The new show now on the virus. It's shock and jock. I guess they're what you would call shock uh, jocks, and they get out there and they say things that are so 
shocking that you have to listen to them. That's the point with these guys. You might not like everything that you hear, <laughs> but you're shocked by it. A couple of the things that they said absolutely shocked me. I also noticed a lot of self-laughing. Yeah, outrageous, <laughs> I, love I guess is a word. Outrage and outrageous, I guess, is the words that describe shock and jock. And that's coming to the virus, XM202, Series 197. Uh, hi, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Hi, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Hey, how you guys doing today? Shock and jock, shock and jock. Oh, shock come and on, stop it. Let it out. Let us do our show. Come on, man. Let me do my show. Sir, let me do my show. Shock and jock, shock and jock. I can't speak now. I can't, but I can't speak over you. Shock and jock, shock and jock. Please let me, give me the opportunity to do my show. Okay, fine, go. Shock and jock, shock and Pain in the ass. <laughs> now, because jock, you're... <laughs> that's fine that you're a fan of them, but Fez and I should be able to do our show without you <laughs> disturbing us. Or blowing up our phone lines. I have no defense. Come on. I have no defense. Wait, oh, wait, I just thought of something. I'll hang up. Eddie, you're on the Ron and Fez show. He's just... I mean, this is like prime shots at Opie and Anthony. Yeah. Here is uh, a little bit more. Oh, what the fuck? I am having a time today. Uh, I'm, excuse me, for saying this, I'm shell-shocked right now. I'm absolutely shell-shocked. And I hope people uh, understand that a lot of this stuff, it's not even talent. It's just... Shocking. <laughs> Barry, you're on Ron Fez. Ron, you got any more clips of these? I'd like to know their opinions about people in suits. Or maybe the Taliban. Shocky Jock, boys in Ann Arbor. <laughs> fucking protesters are out again. <laughs> shut the fuck up already. Shut your fucking Just mouth. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> we disagree with everyone but each other. <laughs> fucking <hell. laughs> Fuck you. Your whole fucking ass is shit. <laughs> Surprised you don't just drink piss and eat shit. <laughs> I hope your mother gets an awful disease. I swear, guys, those other fucks, our competitors, <laughs> fuck with us. I'll fuck fucking you. kick their asses. Fuck them. I'll, I'll, I will fucking kick your asses. You know something? You work on a different radio station. <laughs> you I'll knock your jerk, jerk off. Son of a bitch, I'll knock your fucking... You live in a house. You're in a different format. A completely different format than us. So fuck you. You don't get it. You don't understand <laughs> our, what we did with our demographic, dick. Fuck. We fucking appeal to everybody. <laughs> and this ain't range to that ain't range. Check the numbers, you fuckers. Check the numbers. Look at the books. Check hey, it out. Look at it. Hey, we're proving. Come in and talk to our sales holes. <laughs> they'll, tell you, they'll tell you that they're not busy writing shitty copy for our live read. Fuck them. What, what am I supposed to do? Read this shit? Fuck them. What is it? Say words. <laughs> you asshole. Do so I have to go where to this website for this? Bullshit. Oh, fuck this. Fuck this. Fuck it. Fuck it. We will jump. Sitting here trying to fucking do a radio show for you people. We're trying to make radio. <laughs> so, 
They were doing Opie and Anthony and, and, and I'm sure that they didn't like feel like, uh, I'm sure they didn't feel like they, they didn't say they were doing Opie and Anthony, but, uh, I, I believe that that was what they, they were making fun of those guys because yeah. they were on the same station. Um, here's a little bit more. Uh, I, I just, this thing has so Ron Bennington's delivery is so smooth and great. He's silky. He's just a silky player. It is here. Here's a little more. Oh, geez. How are you? Eric? Yo, what's up, buddy? Yo, I heard these guys shocking shots. They're having a meet and greet at the local strip club, man. It's crazy. They love breasts. (laughs) That's the big thing about them. They absolutely uh, love uh, women's breasts. They say it's a fatty tissue on the uh, top of their chest. That's really, really exciting. You're going to hear about it. (laughs) It's a fatty tissue that that just keeps them uh, aroused. Um, Here is... (laughs) I mean... One of Opie and Anthony's biggest things was the whip them out Wednesday. Whip them out Wednesday, absolutely. And uh, just one last little bit of uh, shock and jock, and then uh, we'll be back in like a month or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing a four episode uh, mini series, and then we'll probably come back after after I finish with Kid Rock, which is uh, perfect. Yeah, somewhere, I, and I love them. I love them. I think they're making ashtrays or some kind of thing that they picked up on. <laughs> not sure what they do, but I love those kids, and I don't want anybody making fun of them. Uh, coming up a little later on in the show, we're going to keep this going with a Rorschach rant. Rorschach rant coming up very soon. Do you know what the, the topic's going to be today? I do. Yeah. Do you want me to say it? It's up to you. Oh uh, yeah, it's about Die Hard. All right, good. Die Hard uh, with a Vengeance, I believe, actually. Finally. Right, which which diehard is that? That's the third. That's the third one? Yeah, the third one. Hmm. Perhaps the most forgotten of all the uh, <laughs> diehards. Jockey Jock, listen to them before they fuck you. All right, let's go to today's puke of the day. <laughs> Every day we give away the puke of the it day makes, award. It makes me sick. <laughs> puke of the day makes me sick just like you. You fucking... <laughs> The puke of the day just makes us want to puke. They're like something was puked out. Today's puke of the day. Women's lips. They want everything we got. Tough. Let's see you work for it. Everything's on a silver plier just because you got a couple of hoo-hots. The only women I like are in Maxim Magazine. Because <laughs> they don't talk back. You know what? They keep their mouth shut in that magazine. Why I milk myself all over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you what, I kill old people too. I am sick and tired. Just die. <laughs> Just die. Here's who we hate. Sales. Old people. Minorities. Women. I hate them especially. The one thing is I hate women, I hate gay people. Oh, gays. I just like, oh, I, I, just, I, I, I just like men like me. Just men like me. That's what. That's all I want. Makes my life easier. I can speak the truth. Oh, and I'm very religious. <laughs> I decided my re- religious views were the ones that was handed to me as an infant. <laughs> Obviously, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, is the only thing that's protecting me. 
from Cripples Dot Heads. Don't you question my love of God. If you do, I'll shoot you in the fucking head. That's how we do it. <sighs> Drives me crazy. I'm out of here. <laughs> so that was the shock and jock bit. Uh, just really, that is how you make fun of. I, I mean, like. The most cutting way to insult somebody is to do an incredibly accurate satirical impression of them. That's what that, I think. That I, also, when you say an incredibly accurate satirical impression of them, it is like you you are just like making it. You're doing their thing in the most like they were doing Opie and Anthony very nakedly. You know, like yeah. this is actually what Opie and Anthony is, but it's a simplified version of what they actually did you know <laughs> yeah 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 well we enjoyed our time we 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 like being back with the shock jocks but uh we gotta go and uh we'll be back we, uh, yeah we went how long did we we go long on these we went almost two hours this time good well i mean you nice. know yeah, we always go long. It, it's because it's fun, you know. It's it's, so it's not like it's our so respective fun. shows where we have to talk about bad stuff. <laughs> no, we're just talking about the stuff we like. Yeah, just man cow and uh, just 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 a lot of stuff we love. So uh, we'll probably see you in February, maybe early March. Uh, it just basically the way you'll be able to know when there's going to be a Shocktober extra is when I say this is the last episode of this series. And then because I think that's what we're going to I think that's the schedule, which means I, I think we'll probably do like four of them in the lead up to the next series, maybe five. I don't know how many series I'm doing because I was supposed to calendar them up and I haven't yet. So I have no idea, but Felix, I think you'll be excited to hear this and I'm probably going to ask you to come on. Uh, my next big series with, with like a, a, a co-host that isn't Brett is uh, called Holy Boys. And it's me and Tom Sexton from the Trillbillies talking about mega church oh. pastors. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to. <laughs> yeah. I, I would absolutely love to. Yeah, that'll that's gonna be later this year, but we're definitely there'll be more Shocktobers. Uh bye.